Hello, and if you haven't met before, I'm Matthew Grant, co-partner at Instec. And for those of you who keep coming back for more, well, I am really delighted we are keeping you interested. We know you have other choices. Now, all of our guests on the podcast are special in their own way, each with a story to share. That's why we have them, after all. But Jonathan Gonzalez has crowned a huge amount in only a few years since starting Raincoat, and it all started with a very personal journey. Now, whilst this discussion is about parametric insurance, one of the major themes we are following this year, it's also the story about someone building a company, gaining trust from his clients in a brand new business area, not being daunted by lack of knowledge and having faith in others. We are very pleased to have had support from Jonathan and his colleagues at Raincoat, who are supporting us as corporate members. And since recording the interview, I've also had the pleasure of meeting Jonathan here in London, face to face. There is life beyond Zoom. Jonathan, great to have you. You are our first guest from Puerto Rico. In fact, you are our first corporate member from Puerto Rico. Really delighted to be working with you. Really fascinated by what you're doing and your personal story. So Raincoat, you founded back in 2019. You're offering services worldwide now, and you're enabling insurance protection for natural perils at scale with parametric solutions. You're very much in that category of companies that are providing technology and services for others rather than an MGA in your own right, so differentiating you from some of the other organizations out there. You're both CEO and co-founder. Interestingly, you've got a background in software. You've already founded one company, and as we're about to hear about, you started Raincoat after experiencing personally the failures of conventional insurance for your family. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Matthew. So Hurricane Maria, back in 2017, Cat 5 Hurricane, so pretty much the biggest hurricanes you tend to get on the Saffir Simpson scale. Hit Puerto Rico, it was one of the three largest cat losses in over a 50-year period, according to Swiss Re. Uh, insured losses alone were $30 billion. Economic losses were up to three times that, so definitely a protection gap in there. I know you've got a very personal story about how that impacted you and, and your family. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that experience was? Before Hurricane Maria, I had never really thought about insurance as a thing. I had obviously interacted with insurance. I had insurance policies, but I had never been forced to like go through a claims process. And in my specific case, my mom um, is very health delicate. She lives up in the hills in Puerto Rico. It actually took me three days to get to her after the hurricane. And that was the first time that I started going through a claims process for an insurance policy and trying to request federal aid. Um, and what was really insane was that, uh, you know, after a really long process, we ended up waiting over 324 days, basically, to hear back from a claims adjuster who finally got to the house. And after all of that process, unfortunately, there were a lot of exclusions in the policy and we didn't get anything at all. And, you know, people talk a lot about basis risk um, in parametric scenarios, but usually not about uh, basis risk in traditional policies. And this is one of those examples. And that experience... And that frustration, that's what led you to finding Raincoat shortly after that. Me and my team, we were all software engineers. Uh, we were very curious on what happened, like what could be done to, to avoid that. And when we started searching online, we saw that parametric insurance was mentioned a lot as a potential solution for the protection gap and as something that could, you know, help situations like this. But what was really curious to us was that, you know, if parametric insurance was so amazing, why wasn't I seeing it everywhere? You know, why wasn't it embedded as, you know, a municipal benefit? Why wasn't I seeing it as part of regular policies? Um, and then that's basically what, what kicked us off in that journey of trying to discover what we could actually do to, to help facilitate that transformation. 
to my mind, you fall into a category uh, on two counts, actually. You've built a company before, but also you had a problem, you know, a pretty severe problem in your case or your family's case, and you realize there's an opportunity to go out and solve or build a business to go and solve that. Well, congratulations for doing that, because certainly since we've got to know you, and we'll talk a bit more about this later on in terms of how you got there, but you were already working with a number of leading companies. So coming at it from a background of outside of insurance to being able to work with some of the leading insurance companies is um, is, is pretty extraordinary, frankly. So uh, I guess on that point, can you talk, first of all, a bit about yeah, what kind of organizations you're working with, and then we're going to dig in a little bit more to what you're offering them. So we often work with insurers and reinsurers that uh, basically want to do highly scalable parametric uh, a parametric solution of some kind. So this could be an insurance policy that is going to be sold direct to consumers, like a white-labeled solution that they want for that. But it can also be a benefit that's being attached as part of another policy, another program. And what we've kind of discovered is oftentimes um, these carriers or these reinsurers or even distributors on the front end, like financial institutions like banks, they really struggle sometimes with the software integration and the software aspects of kind of getting this up and running. In addition to how do you balance um, getting the capacity, structuring the policy, evaluating the data sources. And essentially, we're a partner in, in that process in getting them a product that actually works really well at scale and that they can integrate into their current solutions. What is it people are buying from you to be able to support the way you've just described solving that business need? Yeah, it's basically a fully automated platform that allows you to issue a policy and then automatically execute and deal with all the attestation aspects um, that vary depending on the regulation of the market that we're in. So it's essentially a fully turnkey uh, parametric solution that they can white label. And we should talk about parametric for a bit. So many people these days are aware that you know, the, the parametric is different from conventional insurance because it uses an indices. Uh, in your case, I'm assuming it's some kind of hurricane speed to trigger the loss as opposed to the more traditional way of doing that, the payment based on an, an actual loss. But I guess a couple of questions bundled into this. So you came at this not knowing much about insurance other than it was a pretty terrible way to pay for losses uh, and seeing it as a consumer. What was it that led you towards parametric as a choice for how to do this? And, and then along the way, I mean, how did you learn about how to structure the business and build a platform so that it satisfies things that, you know, as you just said, some companies that have been around for decades, if not longer, are still struggling with. You know, how, what did you do to be able to learn and to be able to do that in a relatively short time period? We saw it from a software product perspective, right? And to us, parametric insurance is really um, like an evolution of insurance in, in, its, in its purest form, right? The idea of how do you computationally break down a policy into a series of parameters and execute on that. Um, so for us, it was actually pretty straightforward because it's it really felt to us like software, like if-then statements. Um, and uh, coincidentally, one of my co-founders um, worked at NASA, quite a good modeler. So we had quite a bit of experience already when it came to dealing with big data sets and like how to process these things. So there was definitely a learning curve um, when it came to learning about insurance. And thankfully, we were surrounded by really great advisors um, and investors that knew the space really well. Uh, but for us, it was software, right? It's just the culmination of software truly taking over all aspects of insurance. And you say just software because the way you're offering this, you don't need to be regulated as an insurer or an MGA. You're providing the tools. Now, the tools have to be robust for lots of reasons and lots of ways. But but that's the distinction you're making. I mean, and I, I guess sometimes people overcomplicate how this works. You're looking at it with a 
software developers' eyes, which is all about making things simple. Um, right, and, and we do support in the regulatory aspects. Like regulation is a big thing uh, for sure, especially in emerging markets where there's often new regulation. So, for example, in Puerto Rico, um, we were the first approved admitted parametric product using new regulation. Um, but it turns out that most regulators in these regions have the same types of questions and having a capable team that can generate the responses that the regulator requires and also like the results um, is super helpful. So we're really good at setting up interfaces and historical examples and backtesting performance, which oftentimes really helps during this regulatory process. And you mentioned Puerto Rico there. How agnostic are you or is the technology around the geography you've built a tool can you then apply that almost anywhere in the world where you've got or maybe anywhere in the world where you've got cyclone typhoon hurricane windstorm risk yeah well we actually work on a couple perils um we've worked uh on hurricane we've worked on earthquake we've worked with agriculture we, we focus mostly on like basically natural perils um and we have lots of plans when it comes to future perils um, but yeah, we're, we're fairly agnostic to data sources. We're fairly agnostic to perils. It's all about a hyper consumer focus on like, what is a good product and what are the actual concerns of this particular region? And can we build, um, something that is fully automated and just works? Okay. And then on the hurricane one, I mentioned earlier on wind speed, is it independent of the indices? So you could use it for hurricane wind speed. You could use it for central pressure. Ours uses, uh, wind speed. It's a windfield model though. Like it's, it's, it grabs NOAA's data and then it creates a very accurate windfield model that uses all the data sets that you just mentioned right now, including right. pressure. And Jonathan, just to make this real for people, can you give an example of some organization or some individuals that are using a product that's got raincoat as part of the solution? Let me give you an example. So let's say you're a bank in Puerto Rico and you offer loans, you know, on a regular basis. Every time that a hurricane comes around, there's something that always happens, which is people just start defaulting on their loans or they basically can't pay because of the general disruption that's happening to the community. Oftentimes, the government kicks in and sometimes even forces the bank to offer a moratorium, essentially, or basically just a forgiveness to their clients. So we've had banks approach us saying, hey, we'd really love to be able to offer some sort of policy that's attached to the loan that protects the client from this specific risk of, of these periods. So in practice, what that looks like is, the customer goes to the bank, the bank issues a loan, and they ask the customer, hey, for an additional fee as part of your monthly payment, if there is a hurricane that hits of this specific magnitude, you don't have to worry about six months of your payment. Would you like to include that cover or not? And then the customer says yes. The second they say yes, all of that enters into our platform, the policy is issued, it's tracked, and then if the event were to happen, our system automatically detects it, generates the reports, and then executes the payment to cover that loan. And all this would be white labeled. So, you know, the bank gets to offer a really interesting product under the, underneath their brand uh, for their customers. And this is what we're talking about very often now as embedded insurance. So the bank's selling it to their customers. There's no broker involved in that. Is it just between the insurance organization is there insurance organization involved? I guess I should ask that question as well. Or is the bank acting as the insurer as well? It depends on the regulation. In the example that I gave, there's obviously a, an insurance company and there's also an intermediary because the law requires that. And then on that topic, you, I know you're working with insurance companies, but you're also working with non-insurance organizations as well to provide them with cover. Have you got some examples or types of organizations you can talk about? 
To give you an example, in Puerto Rico, we ran a really interesting pilot last year with Hyundai, the car company. And oftentimes around the hurricane season, they're basically trying to get rid of the old models for the new models that are coming into the new year. And what they realized was that by them uh, buying a cover for their clients, a hurricane cover that they could attach to the cars, um, they could increase their sales and have a competitive advantage versus the other car companies. Um, and that was a really huge success for them. And it's an example of embedded insurance as a benefit into channels that traditionally wouldn't really offer that type of insurance. Great. And when you said models there, my brain immediately went to analytical models. I've obviously spent far too long in this world, but of course you mean models of cars, so they're, they're replacing it with yeah. next year's version. <laughs> okay. Good to know this life outside of insurance. And then data, of course, is really important for a number of reasons. Firstly, for pricing the risk and then for ensuring that the index and the trigger are set up so there's a uh, high correlation between the financial loss and the triggered loss. So, so what data do you use and then how do you make sure that that's going to be fit for purpose? Great question, Matthew. Uh, for us, we're, we're very data agnostic in general. So we've built a whole ETL pipeline that can handle basically any type of data source. And we really tailor the data source to the specific market and channel requirements um, of that partner. So oftentimes we try to use public data sources, like for example, NOAA, um, or um, there are a lot of public data sources from the European Union that we use as well. Uh, but sometimes you use private data sources. It really depends on the specific use case and how good do those data sources perform when you backtest them. Yeah, that, certainly in my experience and working with organizations in this space, it's really important to get right. And you, you threw in an acronym there, ETL, which is Extract, Transform, Load. I think that's how you're using it yeah. in that case. <laughs> uh, good. And then, Jonathan, you've, as I mentioned at the beginning, you've kind of working with an incredible number of companies, and we've spoken about a few of them. I know you've got some others out there. You can reveal some more shortly. How on earth have you managed to be able to identify those companies, convince them to talk to you, and get deal signed in, in, in what is it that's three years since you founded the company? Something that has been really nice to me in the insurance industry is that people are surprisingly open to innovation and surprisingly open to having the conversation. Um, so a lot of these relationships, at least when we started, were built on a mutual trust of like, hey, we just want to help people legitimately. And we may not necessarily know, right, exactly at the time what we were doing, but we were able to find partners that aligned with us on that vision of helping people at scale. Um, and then the word has kind of gone around from there, and we've been able to close other deals because of that. Who can you tell us about specifically that you've been working with? We've done uh, major deployments uh, with Munich Re, with Swiss Re, with AXA, um, and a bunch of other regional insurers that depend on the country that they're in. Well, Jonathan, if or even when you decide to retire from Raincare, I think you've got a career of educating people how to sell technology into insurance companies because, A, you've done it and you've got those people to engage with you, and then, B, presumably because you're comfortable telling me who they are, they're also comfortable sharing the name, which is not always the case. So congratulations again on that. Um, going back to the thing about parametrics, sometimes that's seen as a barrier for selling these products. And I know you don't deal directly with the end consumer, but to sell your technology to people, they must have got the confidence of their buyers. What, what are you hearing these days about you know, the, the appetite of people to buy products with parametric? Or maybe the end consumer doesn't even know and doesn't need to know because, as you said, it's bundled and what they want to just do is have the confidence that there's going to be a payout. But any trends you're seeing in that area that you can share? That's a really great question because, uh, you know, recently the parametric post that, that you guys um, 
released talked about the educational gap, right, of parametric insurance and how that's identified as as a big blocker. Uh, we agree with that, but we also see it in a slightly different way, which is um, product innovation has to be aligned with education. As products improve and become more intuitive, easier to understand and perform more accurately, then you can reduce right the, the requirement of education. Um, and the way that I sort of see it, it's kind of like um, cryptocurrencies right, that are mainstream now. Um, and that was a combination of education with improvements, right, and ease of use and ease of on-ramping. So I think the same thing applies to parametric insurance, where if we really focus on building really great products that don't necessarily require that, you know, humongous degree of of um, of education, then then you you can deal with both. If you got some examples of organizations that you've been providing products to, you've already given us a couple of examples that people might know about or you know, to help for your point of view, validate what you're doing with Raincoat? Yeah, so we've worked with a lot of regional carriers that are basically dominant in the country that they're operating in. And those regional carriers have gotten reinsurance um, from companies such as Munich Re, Swiss Re, AXA. So we've also worked with those reinsurers and in, in making sure that those products can be structured and, and issued and essentially are very open to working with new partners and new regions. Hi, Henry here, part of the research team at Instech. We're working on our next report into parametric insurance, which will provide an overview of parametric insurance today and profile the companies to watch. If your company is involved in parametric insurance, whether as an insurer, MGA, broker, or providing data or models, and you're not already talking to us, make sure to reach out so you're not missed from the report. You can contact me, Henry Gale, on LinkedIn, or email hello at instech.london. Jonathan, what about non-catastrophic weather perils? So parametric traditionally has been for large hurricanes, such as you mentioned, but increasingly we're hearing interest from companies at looking at weather-related losses, but not necessarily you know, catastrophic at scale, although locally they can have very high losses or they can have high losses to buildings or companies in a, in a single area. Are you seeing an interest and can you adapt your offering to be able to provide solutions to those areas? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely something that we've been looking at. Uh, we've definitely focused a lot on weather-related uh, catastrophic events so far, mostly because that's where the essence of the company started. Uh, but we've been looking at those other areas. Uh, we can definitely uh, create a product that's not necessarily catastrophic in nature because the, the system and platform itself is essentially agnostic to that. Um, so we're very open to, to having those conversations and seeing um, areas where parametrics could apply that aren't necessarily catastrophic or maybe not necessarily even related to weather events. I think you'll see a lot more opportunities evolving in that area. I think like human nature being what it is, people tend to react to the losses that most uh, happened most recently or they're most sort of aware of. Uh, so sometimes it can be hard to design parametric structures as any kind of insurance structure for losses that are out there but haven't yet occurred. And then you very generously supporting us at Instec as an early stage company. We really appreciate that. Just be delighted to know or pleased to know, you know what was it about what we're doing that encouraged you to support us at an early stage in your growth? When we kind of started this journey, we were trying to learn as much as we could in the space. And, and you guys were one of the few that were actually talking about parametrics regularly. And you were inviting people that we had an incredible amount of respect to that were in the parametric space. So in part, 
you know, seeing others working in the space and what they were doing kind of helped motivate us to, to keep trying to really crack at it. That's great. And I think like a lot of communities, as I'm sure you've already found, you know, other people building businesses out there, they don't see other solution providers like yourself as competition. It's a very collaborative environment. So you know, thank you for your support. And hopefully you've, you've managed to find some others in this space to encourage you. I guess for you, COVID, um, I don't know what your personal situation is, but you know, the fact that everybody started to do business remotely and digitally was actually helpful for you being based in Puerto Rico. It saved you having to jump on a, a plane for most of your life. Yeah, and we were always a remote team, actually. So for us, it, it didn't really impact our kind of day-to-day. Uh, but definitely the fact that everyone knows how to use Zoom now or different video conferencing apps uh, has helped a ton. And it'll be, it'll be I could get my head around this one. After recording this, but by the time we release this, it will have happened. You're going to be over in London for a few days. What are you sort of doing over in the UK well, it's actually my first time in London uh, when it comes to an insurance event. So I'm just there to meet people, talk to the other founders in the parametric space. Um, honestly, I have an immense amount of respect for everyone who works in this space. So it's just looking for collaborations and trying to meet people that I've known before through Zoom, but seeing them face to face for the first time. And on that point about meeting people, what, what kind of people are you looking to connect with to either support what you're doing or to help them? So we're definitely interested in talking to reinsurers who have opportunities with carriers that need a little bit of a technological help, um, in addition to carriers and insurance companies that essentially want to um, build or develop their own parametric offerings but currently haven't been able to because of the software challenges of doing so. And then finally, uh, big channels, right, distribution channels that sell insurance currently or could see um, a parametric product as an offering that could work really well with their channel. Judging by the feedback we get from these podcasts, you can get a whole range of those people listening. You know, some of them are even enthusiastic enough to listen at uh, seven o'clock in the morning UK time. So yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll get some people following up from that. And then Jonathan, you had kindly offered something for people who stayed with us through the course of this discussion. Uh, do you want to reveal what your offer is to uh, to those that are still listening? I'm sure everybody is still listening, but what are they going to get? We've benefited greatly from from basically the community and the knowledge of everyone, and we'd like to give back in that sense. So essentially, we're super open to have calls or conversations with anyone who wants to talk about the space, um, even if they don't necessarily know if we're a fit for what they need, but they want to see or learn about our experiences launching and deploying parametric offerings across multiple countries, or they simply want to see the viability of a solution. Very open to having those conversations with anyone um, who asks or requests. And, and honestly, I love this space a lot and just want to keep seeing it moving forward. Well, that's a very generous offer, Jonathan. And I've, I know like many founders of companies, they manage to balance building their business with uh, just talking to people and just purely for the purposes of um, informing other people, encouraging them, inspiring them. And you know, that's why it's such a fascinating world to be in. So, yeah, definitely encourage people to talk to you. I've really enjoyed learning what you've been doing. And as I said, you know, the speed with which you've learned and actually been able to generate clients. So we've covered a lot there. Is there anything we've missed that we should be talking about? or getting updates from you on? We're growing. Uh, we're looking for new partners. We're hiring. Um, we're going to be announcing a new fundraising round as well. Um, maybe it's out by the time this podcast is out. Um, but but basically, we're, we're very open to just collaborating. And, and people who are interested in the parametric space or interested in resilience and are looking for new opportunities, we're very open to having that conversation. Excellent. 
And the final question or for you is if people are just, just remember one thing about Raincoat, you know, hopefully after 30 minutes, they're going to take away a bit more than that. But what is that one thing that you want them to remember from, from our discussions? That it doesn't have to be difficult. That, you know, we've worked a lot on the software side and the complexity of, of this that, that essentially enables um, parametric insurance at a really high scale. And that basically parametric insurance for a very long time has been this very difficult thing to do. And we're really focused on simplifying that process, making it easy to integrate a product and making it easy to develop something that uh, the partner is really happy with and that customers are really happy with. Yeah, no, that's definitely my experience of talking to you. And then finally, just getting back to where we started, have you either seen now or do you see it coming soon, the solution that you know, when your mother goes out and hopefully she's still going to buy insurance, not put off buying insurance, is there a solution out there that would now have paid out if, if another typhoon hits uh, Puerto Rico? Technically, the microinsurance policy that we launched would have fixed it. But, you know, as I've thought about it more, I've realized that my mom is – you know, she's um, 70. Um, the likelihood of her buying a digital insurance product is very small. So that question is actually one that I ask myself a lot, which is how exactly with what we've developed, we could integrate a solution into something that she does use on a day to day basis in a way that, you know, she ends with the benefit anyways. And we have some ideas there, but but that question actually does keep me up at night, which is we've built this incredible platform. But now how do I reach the people who really need it? I sense volume two of this discussion coming up in uh, in a few months' time, which is how to create a digital experience uh, across a whole uh, range of buyers of insurance. Although, just finally, before you go, Jonathan, I am actually doing a digital event today, and one of the participants of that is from Saga Insurance in the UK, and we're talking about remote claims. And they were saying they've actually had a lot of success with the sort of older generation using digital to do remote claims. So uh, definitely an opportunity out there. It's not always as we think, which is that you know, only those who are digitally native and were born up with an iPad in their hands are able to use digital. There's actually a generate, you know, much older generation who are finding these actually a you know, much more effective way to use. So, yeah, definitely look forward to talking about that and how do you make it easy for them, but be encouraged by the fact that it's actually working elsewhere. Really enjoyed that and look forward to seeing you face-to-face very soon and tracking the future of Renko. I know we're going to see a whole lot more coming out from you. Thank you, Matthew. Well, that was a real pleasure to record and please do contact Jonathan if you want to learn more about Parametric or think you could use his solution. If you still haven't joined us as a member and you've listened this far, then please do get in touch. We are working with companies from scale-ups like Raincoat to some of the largest technology companies and over 40 insurance companies. Your chance to be on the podcast, get your company profiled on our website, get a decent feature in our reports, free attenders at events and speak to us regularly. And finally, with the continued growth in companies working with us, we need more people to join us as we build out our account management teams, operations, and more. So if you are looking for your next adventure, Matthew Grant on LinkedIn, please do contact me. Anything else, please take a look at the website and sign up to our newsletters. And our evening events are back on soon, so come and see us in person if you are in London. <laughs>